Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's the Drink Talking with the Thinking Drinkers, Ben McFarland and Tom Sandon, and Mistress of Wine, Sam Caporn. All the booze, news and views, from Absinthe to Zinfandel. Do try this at home. Hello, uh, listeners, and welcome to this latest incarnation of The Drink Talking. Over the next half an hour or so, we'll be pouring drinks information into your ears with me, Tom Sandham, one half of the Thinking Drinkers. As ever, I'm joined by the other half, Ben McFarland. Hello, everybody. Hello, Ben. You're great. And (laughs) Sam Caporn, who is a wine expert, aren't you, Sam? A master of wine. (laughs) I am, yeah, I am Sam, also known as the mistress of wine, which is a clever little pun on being a master of wine, but a woman. A lady. lady. If you like what Sam says, you can follow her at Twitter. And what's your handle? At Mistress of Wines. Mistress and of I've wines. got a really groovy new website, so do check that out. And what's the URL? www.themistressofwine.com Brilliant, that's nice and Brilliant. easy to remember. Mm. We also have a URL, thinkingdrinkers.com. You can follow us at Thinking Drinks. Or you can see us live perform our uh, comedy theatre and tastings, a museum of comedy, every month. A residency there in London and see us at the Edinburgh Fringe and on a UK tour. Do you still wear dresses? We do. We strip to underpants sometimes as well. Yeah, if that is something you burn need on my retinas. Yeah, <laughs> that is either a good thing or a bad thing, depending I'm on your I'm undecided. <laughs> but we're here today. <laughs> we're here today just to talk about drinks and maybe strip to our underpants. You'll never know. Anywho, Ben, what have you been up to? We haven't heard much from you to start with, apart. From- oh, what have I been up to? Um... Wow, that's a good question, actually. Where do I, mean, I, mean, we, uh, it's, it's, I find it a bit strange you asking me because you know what I've been up to. Um, not much. Being a dad of two young children, a wonderful husband and father. You are. Um, and I've been uh, not getting enough sleep, but uh, trying different drinks and stuff, you yeah. know, as that's what we, do, yeah. what we do. Writing a new show. Writing a new show, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad, I'm writing glad, a new show. I'm glad someone is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's doing the writing? Ben. Well, no, neither of us at the moment. <laughs> I want to tell you what we have done. We've just finished a book. Oh. What's writing, it called? Writing, not reading. The updated one. We've got an updated mm. book, mm. Uh, World's Best Beers, which is coming out in the autumn, um, which we've just put to bed. Lovely. Um, which is a nice feeling. So that's coming out in autumn. So okay. it's a second edition of uh, a book I first wrote back in 2009 
Now Tom's gone. Jumping on the cake. Oh, really? Oh, that sounds like a I'm good um, Christmas present. It's yeah. a perfect group. For anyone yeah. interested in beers. As is our other book, Thinking Drinker's Guide, which is available in all good bookshops. Yeah. Yes. Right. Plug. Thanks Plug for listening, fest. guys. <laughs> uh, so that's it. So today we have three sections as ever. Wine tasting today with Sam. And Ben is going to do our Legend of Liquor. But first, it's me with spit or swallow. And uh, the spit today, things that are making me spitting mad, duty on spirits. Boo! Yeah, boo, indeed. Back off uh, tax, man. <laughs> yes. Uh, recently, vodka duty increased by 28p on a bottle. The gin industry was hit with a 30p on a 70cl bottle of gin. Uh, which now means that duty on your bottle of gin accounts for eight pounds and oh. five pence. So I thought wine was getting it in the knackers at two pounds sixteen. There you go. It's eight pounds five mm. That's just that tax. chunky. It is a lot, isn't it? I think some would argue, particularly in the industry, that it's too much. Even if you don't feel that it is too much and that that uh, alcohol should be taxed at that level, it is kind of hindering an industry, the spirits industry, and it's quite an important economic provider, we could argue, yeah. in this well, country. Well, how does it compare with European countries? Well, we're not yeah, one of them. Yeah. This is the thing. I mean, we are now, uh, we're, we're third. We're probably, well, we are behind Sweden still, Ireland and uh, Finland. But and they're Sweden. quite weird, those countries. Well, they're Sweden, not weird themselves, no, but, um, but they are, they're I lovely would, countries. I would but pay my duty for Sweden, Ben. I mean, they've given us the Nobel Peace Prize, although... Alfred Noble did create dynamites. They have done that, and they, yeah. they haven't been to war for two centuries. No, but and also their country works. You go there, everything works. Yeah, seem quite happy. They are a non-violent country. They banned Sweden. spanking. Yes, yeah, the Swedes banned Dem. spanking first. Spanking, spanking. spanking. children. Of children. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's quite. A and good you know thing, that apparently they say the suicide rates in Sweden are higher than any other country in Europe. But did you know why? Well, it's so it's, dark. No, no, it's not. No, no. Thing. Well, no, it's it's because um, there is not a massive taboo considered mm. in Sweden. Really? So when people do kill themselves in other countries, especially in Catholic countries, yeah. apparently, they're often the coroner will say death by misadventure or something like that. Oh, really? And, and so it's actually not got your much own, higher yeah. than, than it's just yeah. the Swedes are like, yeah, yeah, he killed himself. Yeah. 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 It's his rights. He did it. Yeah. And if you want to kill yourself, do kill yourself, listeners. It's okay. No, don't. We'll try not to. I mean, if you do when you're listening to this, uh, any PR is good PR. So that's Sweden. And in fact, to be fair to the Swedes, beautiful people. I would pay a lot more for my drink if it meant I could sit in a bar in Sweden and look. I've never felt so ugly in my life as when I was in Stockholm. As long as as I can sit in the corner. What, the women and the men? Beautiful. Both. Oh, oh I mean, they're both. I, was, I remember getting to Stockholm, being lost, and, and tapping a, a labourer in the street on the shoulder. He was digging a hole. He got up and he was like six Did, foot seven, yeah. and just chiselled. And I looked all dishy. Well, if this is if this is what a man digging a hole in the road looks like, yeah. I won't be talking to any girls while I'm here. <laughs> That's Ooh, pretty sure. I have been thinking recently. Genuinely about moving to Scandinavia. Oh, yeah, well, you should. It's, it looks fantastic. Well, Finland, I quite Finland. fancy Finland. No, well, Finland, I don't know much yeah. about Finland. They, they have won a Great lot schooling. of um, uh, off road car championships, haven't they? What they called uh, uh, rally the rally driving. driving. Hey, don't drink and <laughs> don't drive, do though. Don't even putt. Don't even putt. <laughs> there you go. There you go, listeners. You can have that one for free. Irish, of course, um, they, they pay a lot of tax, but they've got great chat. So, you know, you, <laughs> well, could, you, could, you could pay for that, couldn't you? So, anyway, we're paying a lot. 
and it's it has wound the industry up. Um, we don't really make many things in this country anymore. We do make spirits, so perhaps we should just be a bit more protective so of something we make. So it winds the industry up because volumes go down, because people buy less? Interestingly, they pushed for a drop in the duty by about 2% back in 2015. Revenues went up. I think if mm. because all that tax is being put onto the consumer, but 20% the consumer of it's pays v- it, right? VAT. I mean, mm. that's, that's a hell of a lot. Mm. So they're less inclined to buy it. And I think one of the things we've seen with the beer industry, which Ben talks about and champions a lot, is the progressive beer duty. Gordon Brown brought this in, in in effect, to help small businesses grow. So up to 60,000 hectolitres of beer produced that producer will receive less of a tax than the higher one. Than the, the, but it's tax-free. If, if, if it was amazing, 2000, I think it was 2002 that he introduced it. That really precipitated the boom in breweries. And it's, it's quite easy-ish to mm. earn sort of all right money if you're a small brewer. If you want to expand and grow, then obviously... There become challenges, but I don't think there's such a thing in spirits, is there? No. Whether you're you're the small guy starting in your backyard. I think one of the reasons there isn't is because it's not been much of an industry. And it's actually been very difficult to get a a spirits licence. But that's changing. And if we look at what happened in America, the craft distilling movement has followed the same trajectory as the craft Mm. beer movement. Almost exactly. There's a lot of interest in, in setting up small distilleries now. If there was a bit of a relief on that, it might encourage artisan and correctly priced. I mean, £30 for a bottle of gin is not too expensive, but it's about passing on all of the cost to us. So um, maybe we should champion this more, Ben. But I, I also think it's it's like, we're, as a nation, we we tax our sins, we tax our enjoyment. Yeah. And if you go to Germany, they don't tax their beer. They, they, they champion it. All their sausages, no. <laughs> and they don't... Um, uh, the French don't tax their wine. They, they help their winemakers and their spirits. They barely tax them either. Mm. And they tax everything, the French. Mm. Uh, I think Which education and knowledge... Which is money in the coffers, isn't it, really? I mean, the only good thing about it is that the more you drink, the more nurses and hospitals and schools you're making. Yeah. You, you know, at the moment. That's the only... See that figure, 128 million in, in revenues. So that's quite a lot of money that the industry's giving back. Yes. So... Um, we should value it's that. It's not all bad. It's not all bad. But let's move on to my swallow because that's... Oh, can uh, I just say that's... one thing about my idea about uh, rather than taxing sort of ABV or strength, but you tax quality. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So we could have like HMRC, we could do it. But it's quite objective. Well, yeah, but well, what we can do... Well, no, if you get three experts, I don't know, say like us, <laughs> and uh, we sit on a panel mm. and we, every week we go into HMRC and we taste every beer, wine and spirit that has been released. And we go, that's made well. Well, that's nice. Mm. Tax that less. Oh, a new WKD has come out and it's not made in the way that it should be. Nothing wrong with WKD. Nothing with WKD. <laughs> Other, what are they called? Well, I don't know. We wrote a book for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kebab, so that's not knocking too hard. <laughs> OK, <laughs> let's just say, um, oh, I don't know, some terrible, terrible thing. Uh, some cream liqueur made with, I don't know, asbestos or something. You go, that's not good. We'll tax that higher. Yes. Yes. So what we do as a nation, we encourage people to drink Quality. less, but drink better. Yes. Oh, I like that. And therefore, yeah. I think that would be a good thing. So HMRC, if you're listening, yeah. and you will be, we are available at a huge cost. <laughs> <laughs> Which will diminish the coffers for hospitals. Here's a anyway, question, boys. Yeah. If you were going to set up a brewery or a distillery which one would you do um that's a good question i would do a distillery but i'd employ a a distiller 
Mm. Uh, it's very chemistry based mm. knowledge, whereas we can wine. brew a beer at home. Yeah. Uh, I just think the margins. Who would give, are, it was fronting up the money, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. If I they wanted do. us to do a brewery, I'd do a brewery. If I wanted distillery, then I'd do mm. that. I didn't either, just because I like drinking it. But um, I think that well, that all 135 distilleries open in the last year. Mm. It's a boom it's, industry. It uh, but I'm going to move uh, on to my swallow. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah sorry, 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 Tom. So sorry, I just, yeah, right, I just uh, conscious you. that uh, we're talking about tax <laughs> and, you know, tax in the ears is not as nice as animals. Ooh. Oh, yeah, because my swallow is all about animals. I was going to talk about Bombay weird. Sapphire because it recently arrived on shelves in Canada at 77% ABV just by an accident of mm. uh, bottling. They bottled uh, Finally it making Canada interesting. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't an accident God. of labelling. It wasn't. It, it was, actually was It was labelled at the, full, the standard 40% ABV. But I'm not going to talk Crikey. about that because I want to talk about rats in right. India, mm. in the state of Bihar. Uh, Bihar, Bihar, a dry state where they've confiscated a lot of alcohol. And the police reported that 900,000 litres of their confiscated alcohol had been drunk by rats. Brilliant, Ooh. brilliant rats. That's pretty, Is that yeah, true? That's good. Dirty well, that's rat. what they, that's what they said. You dirty rats, why I order. But a few things. A few things. It's, a, it's an animal story, obviously. Funny. Animals, drinking monkeys, elephants, um, moose, all good. Uh, some sad stories. Obviously, there, there are some bad examples of, of animals drinking. There was a, a chimpanzee in Russia called John, uh, <laughs> who they encouraged to drink um, and smoke, and he died at a young age. That's Aww. cruel. Monkeys wearing human clothes, though, and drinking tea. Yes. I'm not quite sure why that's cruel. That's just funny. But then there are good stories, like the elephants who eat the marula fruits. Amarilla, you yeah, know, amarilla? Like from the so, alcohol. Yeah, because the fermented, yeah. uh, the ethanol in it, it, it makes them happy. And as we've been discovering, Ben, haven't we, as we do research for our new show, which will mm-hmm. be at the Edinburgh Fringe this year, the monkeys came out of the trees to eat yeah. fermenting fruits. And in fact, the anthropologists and archaeologists are linking it back to evolution. The fact so that this, us as apes took our first steps, steps on land. To get um, that fruit. No way. Like, I fancy dying for a drink. Face. Yeah, but not only did it make them feel quite happy, there were more calories in it, which were yep. important, and also the ethanol was was providing some sort of medicinal barrier. What about animal it. hangovers? A rampaging elephant. Yeah. With a okay, that's pretty bad. I agree. You can find you can happens? pick holes in my story if you like, but <laughs> um, but it's just about. Well, we'll get back to the rats and um, animal kingdom, but also rats are a pretty bad deal with humans generally, with people putting ears on their back and stuff. So it's nice that they did steal that alcohol, uh, nine hundred thousand liters. But of course, <laughs> third point on this is they didn't, did they? The police said rats stole nine hundred thousand. Yeah, litres. I did read that and think yeah, that's not no, true. No, they didn't. And and I think what this is also an example of is prohibition, did the police prohibition steal it? going wrong. I suspect they yeah. probably did. I read that Pro- in the paper possibly. last week, and I read you know when you're reading something in a hurry, and you think that's a lot of booze for rats to drink. That yeah. looks a little unlikely. It would have killed them. But yeah. also, how um, do they get into the bottles? I just think it's another example of prohibition going wrong. That would be my suspicion. Mm. Uh, America tried it, didn't they, in the 20s, and crime got organised. It was all bad news bears. So, um, oh, someone's someone's texting in, Ben. What are our listeners saying? They're saying, what a great story about rats. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us more. Uh, I will tell you more. Just as an aside, this one's for you, Sam, on a wine point. In 2013, researchers at the University of Reading gave the rats that they tested, and I don't like testing on rats, but they gave them a glass of champagne a week 
and they found that those who received the bubbly were better at conquering the maze and remembering where treats were hidden than those who didn't have the champagne. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, it's a nice, interesting aside on the rats. And interestingly, we will be in Reading, Ben, on October the 13th with our show at the South Street Art Centre. So Lovely. I'd drop that in as it was a very, Reading story. Yeah, very like very Reading. subtly done as well. Yeah. It's a great place to go out. The Purple Turtle. Yeah. So that's our spit or swallow. And now uh, a word from our sponsor before we hear all about wine. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Ben McFarland from The Thinking Drinkers, and you're listening to It's The Drink Talking. So today we are tasting two examples of the Chardonnay grape. So glasses to the ready. We have got the first one we're going to taste is a Chablis. Not a Chardonnay, a Chablis. Well, oh. so there's so much to talk about. I almost said no way to start. So Chablis is made from Chardonnay. So as you know, or maybe don't know, in the old world, mainly Europe, wines are labelled according to the region. So uh, Chablis is actually a village in France and all around, whether it's a Croats Hermitage or Sancerre or the same applies in Italy or Spain, the wine... It's labelled according to a geographical indication. And then when you go to the New World, it's labelled according to the grape. So it's much trickier buying wine that's from Europe because you do need a little bit of knowledge to actually know what grape is in the wine because that's yeah, the building block. to leave them. Mm. <laughs> Good riddance. Um, so, yeah, so basically the grape variety is the absolute building block of what the wine's going to taste like. So Chardonnay is grown all around the world. It's generally, I think, pretty easy to grow and it can be a fairly neutral grape variety and you can really, as a winemaker, do tons with it. So in a cool climate like Chablis, there's not necessarily loads of very overt aromas going on. What are you guys finding in it? It's always a bit uh, sort of predictable to say citrus, isn't it? Anything fruity. But it is quite sort of almost a little bit lemony. There's uh, and, and, um, yeah. chalky. Oh, mm. really? You would say that, actually, because um, 
couple of things. One, if you ever get a wine and you really don't know what it smells of, there's a couple of good words you can use that make you sound more knowledgeable than just saying... Yeah, we need those. Uh, So you might say, oh, it's very restrained. Oh, Um, oh, it's very subtle. Delicate. delicate. (laughs) Um, Subtle. I don't know what I'm getting here, so it must um, be subtle. Or it's a little bit tight. Oh, oh really? Yeah, it's a little oh, bit tight on the wait nose. Wait a minute! Um, Don't you do it that. might need to open up a bit. <laughs> oh, I've used these lines when drinking wine. So the thing with this tight. Chardonnay is it tight? It is. It's, well, it's not too tight. bad actually. No. But it's from the Chablis. Quite a cool region. Not trendy, as in well, both. You know, but it's mm. cold, right. and it can suffer terribly from spring frosts. And so it's you know it's cold. So the, if you think about the little berry on the vine. It's not going to open and, you know, it's not going to get really mm. ripe and rich, in fact, because the sun just doesn't get mega hot. So the wine is always going to be you know, a bit more elegant, a bit more restrained aromatically and in weight and depth of flavour. So Chablis typically is sort of nuts and honey. Okay. Love your chalky thing. It's got very famous sort of Kimmeridgean soils, very chalky soils yeah. in Chablis. So that's a good shout there. It's mm. very, very nice. And I like the fact that it is subtle. It's not too... Mm. It is quite dry. That's it's got a nice texture. Yeah. Interesting you say about because they've had really bad frosts there, haven't they, this year? Yeah. So does this particularly affect this grape? We also had terrible frosts in the UK. One of the key varieties in English sparkling wine is, is Chardonnay. So it's Chardonnay, Pinot Noir and Pinot Meunier. So weirdly in Champagne, two of the grapes are actually red. Only one is white, but you press the grapes so gently you don't get the colour out. I don't want to draw you too far away from our tasting, but yeah. one more question on that. Does yeah. that mean this is a good year to buy wines from those regions because there's not going to be much of it? Or does that mean that the wine Complete is Complete reverse. Right, so A, really it good. decimates the crop. And some years, some English producers have literally produced nothing. Really? And then if what is produced obviously is really expensive because there's happens, not enough what, of it. But what happens to the grapes? Do they ever think, right, I can't use this? Well, that's the thing. It's before the grapes are formed. I think it's during sort of like bud bursts. So it's like, you know, just when they're all coming out and starting to grow and then they get absolutely nailed. So there's no fruit comes. Mm. If it's really bad. But basically the the real takeout, I guess, is Chablis is Chardonnay. So if you get people coming and going, oh, I hate Chardonnay, but I love Chablis, you might want to change your phrasing um, to I don't like oak Chardonnay or I like lean or tight Chardonnay or whatnot. More mineral. Because if I'm shopping for white wine and I see Chardonnay, Mm -hmm. it's the same as if I'm going for red wine and I see Merlot. I have this kind of alarm bell ringing that Merlot after sideways kind (laughs) of absolutely kicked it in the swingers, um, which is silly, but... Chardonnay went through this in the 90s was massive and then is there still a sort of hangover from that where Chablis must probably dodge that because no one knows that they're buying Chardonnay Exactly So no there's a massive sort of ABC movement which is anything but Chardonnay and that really it still persists I mean I was working at the BBC Good Food last year and the amount of consumers I talked to who say you know a shame drinking a Chardonnay or something as a sparkling Chardonnay and didn't actually want to try it because they're like oh that'd really put me off it's got Chardonnay on the label and you like, well A it's sparkling so it's going to be very sort of light and B nowadays Chardonnay is so different like these big Dolly Parton styles don't exist mm. anymore that the oak's been pared down the um, something called malolactic fermentation where you get the really creamy buttery notes and wine that's just you know more subtle, more restrained. Right. Mm. Are we going to try a, a Chardonnay? Is that an actual Chardonnay? Yes, so this is an actual Chardonnay. This is the definition Chablis from Majestic, which if you buy one bottle is fifteen ninety nine, but if you buy it as part of the mixed case, it's thirteen ninety nine. So Chablis we, is expensive, though. That's the thing. Okay. Oh, it is. That is quite expensive yeah. because we tried a, um, we did in our show 
two shows ago about Easter. Oh, yeah. For our communion wine. Lovely. We chose uh, their Rioja Reserva from Definition. Oh. Mm. And that was really good. Very yeah. And that's a tenner if you buy six. So here we've got a second wine, and it's uh, it's another Chardonnay. But this says Chardonnay on the bottle, yeah. so this so is this, a Chardonnay. This Chardonnay. is a real Chardonnay, not a pretend Chardonnay. <laughs> okay. So this is the Louis-Philippe Edwards Grand Reserva Chardonnay from Casablanca in Chile. Ah. Okay. I've had a Louis-Philippe Edwards. I've had, basically, I've had that wine in red. Oh, have you? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, um, I can't remember what it was. It, it was all right, though. They're a big producer. And again, that's from Majestic. It's nine ninety nine if you get just one bottle. But if you buy it as part of a mixed case, it's um, seven ninety nine. And you can see from the colour... Oh, that is totally different. It's very different. And if you see from the colour, it's a deeper colour. That'll be partly because the grapes are warmer from having been in a warmer country. Also from the oak. The oak will give it a bit more colour. And then it's had what it says here, that it's some lees ageing, which is the same as sort of... Um, Cognac. They did that in Cognac. Did they? Mm. Talk about lees wines. It's called batonnage in French. Oh la la. Right. And you basically stir the dead yeast lees and it adds this weight and texture. But the other really fundamental thing is if you smell it, and if you look at it as well, it's this thing called malolactic fermentation, which is actually a bacterial conversion, where they the malic, like acid, bacteria change to lactic so if you think you're changing apples to milk so you, that's what gives you this texture yeah. this like glycerine kind of texture mm. I'd but, imagine um, that would be quite overpowering but actually that's quite a short sort of finish to it it, it, like it, it creates the sensation mm. in your mouth and then mm. it's quite clean at the end isn't it it doesn't actually that might put me off a bit you're spitting yours out gosh what a I'm doing a, I'm doing a cleanse okay I can't oh, drink good. for three weeks okay well, we're, um, not, we're, the, we're um, drinking it uh, <laughs> I'm getting peach well normally I say peach mm. Because that's a good one to drop in. Yeah, lots of peach. But I get rhubarb. Do you? And loads oh, of rhubarb. It's interesting. I like that. Yeah, I like it's it. Like rhubarb it's nice, crum- isn't it? Crumble. I imagine it go nicely with food. With sort of maybe even a, a. I wouldn't think of a whites with a. It's quite mellow dish. Oh, it'd be good with quite, pork. I think yeah. anything that's got apple in or anything like um, chicken, obviously, mm. um, slightly weightier <laughs> meaty fish, like a nice monkfish. Ah. Um, and actually, I think pork. Yeah, be nice would as have well. Something, yeah, um, a bit more and and even juicy. anything with a creamy sauce. Mm. I'll tell you what, that is not so. <laughs> that is not so tight. It's a bit more open, so yeah. I have that with something juicy mm. for sure. But it's a really easy. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> grow up, listeners. It's a really easy drink. It's a really nice easy drink wine. But can you see the differences between the two? Definitely, yes. that's like incredible. a lean, tight, restrained chalk, chalk and, and cheese, chalk. And, yeah, mm. wine, and then a more opulent sort of broader slightly more tropical fruit with your rhubarb I get a little bit of pineapple and a little bit of peach and maybe even a little bit of yellow plums oh plums, plums. and round your gums love and a bit of plums in your gums just a suggestion of spice for, you know the, and vanilla from the oak yeah from the lovely oak stuff well thank you very much Sam that was uh, entertaining educational and very tasty not for you listeners but um, <laughs> we're going to move on now to our legend of liquor and this podcast it is Ben I've been looking forward to this because this man who we're going to do for Legends of Liquor this week is a bit of a hero of mine when I was growing up. He was one of the greatest and still is one of the greatest wrestlers that has ever lived. And his name is Andre René Rusimov. Good name. A.K.A. Andre the Giant. Oh, was how he big a was he? Little chap. Was well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you how big he was when then. he was 12. <laughs> he grew up in um, a town called Grenoble. In France, France, which is where I went to university. Was it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's very nice. Je m'appelle. When he was 12... Do you he speak was, French? Oui. Uh, <laughs> he was six foot 
three, when he was 12, 12, he weighed over 240 pounds. I don't know what that is in stone. Mm, I think that's about... We can work that out. There's 14. That's that's probably about 15, 16 16 stone. Okay. Heavy. Big. He's He's a big big, child. That wasn't good because he was diagnosed with something called aquamegaly. Aquamegaly? It's a rare glandular syndrome which produces excess hormones and accelerates growth in your... So he wasn't, head, ge- he wasn't genetic, him being so big. It was his No, he just grew too quickly. Yeah. So his head, hands and feet grew. Nothing else, unfortunately. For him. <laughs> um, it's not actually a humorous thing because no. it curtails your life. Mm. Most people do, who have do, it... Do you know what, how old he was when he died? Like, does it he shorten lived, your life? He di- yes, he died at 47. That was well over what he should have yeah. lived to. Um, he was not only just a an okay wrestler he was amazing his size was amazing and he became massive in wrestling he became a Hollywood film star when are we talking about in our childhood we would have watched him yeah yeah he was when when WWF was like Hulk Hogan was his nemesis Hulk Hogan so Hulk Hogan went in and became this sort of film star as well is that a real person yeah well yeah I don't Mm. think it's that's his stage name, I think, his wrestling name as is Andre the Giant yeah (laughs) and he's called Andre the Giant because he was a giant But the reason why he's in a, a a drinks podcast is because he still holds the unofficial record for drinking the most beers in one sitting. Ooh, well, let's guess, let's guess, let's guess. Yes, you okay. know the answer, so, so I'm the I only can one tell who can you, guess. Yeah, I'm no, let me guess. I do know the answer to this. Is... Um, Pints of? Let's bottles. See, bottles of bottles. beer, it was six hours sitting. Okay, you can easily do three an hour. Six hours. Six to eight. I'm going to round it up. I'm going to say 25 bottles. Mm. Oh, Sam. 119 <laughs> oh. bottles. Oh my god! Of beer, of it was weak Bud- alcohol. Well, it was Budweiser. Now Which, one might say, Ben, that he did drink this because he had a yes, problem. it wasn't. It was no, he didn't have a problem. An alcohol problem. Well, no, he drank a lot of alcohol, but drinking 119 bottles of Budweiser of him was like us drinking 119 thimbles of beer. Yeah, he was massive. Well, how, how massive was he? Because he was six foot three at twelve. Do we know what his finishing? Oh god, he was seven was? foot. Seven and a half feet tall, and he weighed 500 pounds. He was called the eighth wonder of the world. That gives you an idea of how big he was. Mm. And he consumed, on average, 7,000 calories of alcohol every day, which is the equivalent of 53 bottles of Bud every single day. But he was a great guy to go drinking with, not only because he drank a lot and didn't show it. He was a very good drunk. He always got the round in. There was a very famous time where he went drinking with Arnold Schwarzenegger in a bar... And Arnie slipped off to try and pay the bar bill, and he found him trying to pay and picked him up and <laughs> and picked Arnie up and held him above his head and until he put his credit card away and then he dropped him down again. Um, and then he he started in the Princess Bride. While he was filming, he ran up a twenty three grand bar tab at his mm. hotel, and he was told by the director to stop getting other co-stars to go out drinking with him. Um, so basically he was a functioning alcoholic. Yes, but it, it really eased the yeah. pain he felt. From oh, his, really? His, his, from sounds, I think the pain gets worse as you get older. The most interesting thing about Andre the Giant, and the most one of the weirdest things, really, is that when he was 12, he was too big to get in his dad's car. Can I just say, we've had that. My husband's six foot eight, and we rocked up to, um, to um, Sardinia for his 40th, and he can get in the car. <laughs> we had to go back to the desk and go, oh, well, car's too small. Car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I can sympathise with that. Too Yeah. Or whatever they, whatever. anyway. Um, but no, his, his dad was, yeah, his, couldn't get him to school. And so his dad's boss said, look, I'll take him to school in my truck. Yeah. And his dad's mate, who obviously taken him in the truck, was Samuel Beckett. 
So Samuel Beckett used to take Andre the Giant to school, to school. in his truck. Nice to school. school. And apparently Samuel Beckett was obsessed with cricket and used to talk to Andre the Giant, a French basic teenager about yeah. cricket, which no idea what he's talking about. And then Andre the Giant became a big cricket fan. And this idea, if you were into wrestling, yeah. the idea of Samuel Beckett and Andre the Giant sharing a car is quite every weird. day is massively <laughs> weird. Yeah. I, I mean, they are superstars in their own spheres and a more incongruous relationship I can't imagine. That is hard yeah. to imagine. Um, so he, he drank Budweiser. Mm. And so for him, it was just, it, he might as well have been drinking water. And I was actually going to bring some Budweiser in today, but I couldn't find any. I couldn't find any in, so, the, in the shop. Not so... It's not, but Budweiser's kind of hailed as this, as a kind of the uh, Death Star of brewing. As if it's still such an American icon. It is an American icon, but also if you actually speak to any brewer, whether they make imperial stouts or they, you know, they work for the coolest craft brewery in the world, they will say that the way that Budweiser makes their beer so consistently the same and so consistently sort of tasteless. You go back to like your show, Very delicate, yeah, very yeah, yeah. subtle, very tight. tight. Yeah, and um, a lot of people like things that don't taste a lot. Like that's absolutely. why Pinot Grigio well, is so we popular. We, in particular, in America, after Prohibition, they went through a whole phase of trying to get very bland flavors because they'd banned alcohol. But there you go. So Budweiser is actually well, actually, a good all it is in terms beer. of brewing prowess, it's incredible. It's like if you're brewing a lager that is that tasteless. It's, I heard one brewer compare it to running down a beach with your clothes off. All your faults, yeah, all your no flaws will, will be exposed. And to do that over and over again. Like any really big brand, the bigger the brand and the bigger the volume, the more you have to strive for consistency. Absolutely. And you know, you, you want less bottle variation and, hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I've got a quick question. Did your chap have children? Did he pass on his giganticism? Was I don't it genetic? Think he did. I don't think yeah. he did. Yeah. Um, his dad died. And then Andre the Giant died the day after, apparently. Oh, oh like um, the yeah, ladies from Carrie Star Wars. Fisher. Yeah, Carrie Fisher. And her mum. Beckett drank as well, didn't he? Only after four in the afternoon. Because yep. he drank to cure his insomnia. And lots of other writers, of course, Ben. William yes. Shakespeare, he drank in the George Inn in, um, in London. Can I say, you can still drink in that pub where Shakespeare drank. That's quite interesting, oh, isn't it? I like to, he drank yeah. in there every day until the bartender in said... Uh, in the George Inn, the bartender said... You're barred. Oh. Hey? Hey. Very good. I, do, I thought I'd get that in there because it's probably about time to... Can I just say, though, I don't think just, um, <laughs> drinking loads of booze is the best cure for insomnia because I find it's really good at getting you to sleep, but then you wake up at four o'clock, you need a pee, and then your heart's racing and you can't go back to sleep. Drinking excessively. I think uh, maybe he had a glass of something oh. and that just made him feel yeah. drowsy and yeah well yeah I find like one to two glasses is great any more than that and I wake up yeah in the night yeah. and then I don't Angsty. yeah yeah. yeah drinking so excessively is bad all round folks it's yeah. uh, particularly if you're motto. over 40 yeah our motto drink less drink better drink That's better it. okay well thank you Ben that was very quite interesting the enlightening uh, legend, a sportsman who drank. To there excess. We go. Yeah, <laughs> to excess, but not for him. Well done, Andre. Well done, everyone. Well done. Really enjoyed. Great energy, guys. <laughs> Beautiful. Really enjoyed that edition of our podcast. Hope you did too, listeners. Just a reminder, Sam, of the wine that we've been drinking. Where are they available from? They're both from Majestic Wines. You've got the Definition Chablis and then the Louis Philippe Edwards Grand Reserve Chardonnay. Thank you very much. Follow Sam on her Twitter feed at... Mistress of Wines. Follow us at Thinking Drinks. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for letting us pour this information into your ears.
If you've enjoyed this podcast and like to learn more about drink, then you can see Ben and Tom, the Thinking Drinkers, in our live show where we'll be tasting alcohol and making you laugh. We're on tour. We're at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival throughout August and then around the UK and in London. All dates and ticket prices can be found on our website, www.thinkingdrinkers.com. Please buy a ticket, please. And if you want any more wine information, then go to my site, www.themistressofwine.com. Thanks. Tune in next week when we will be having Spit or Swallow from Sam. Any, it's a good one. Which one? Will you get any insights on that? No. Okay. And you're going to be tasting, Ben? Some Italian beers. What's the matter, you? Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> my legend of liquor will be a whiskey drinker. So tune in then. Thanks for listening. Ta-ta. Cheers. Cheerio. This was a Grand Cru podcast from Seven Digital. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.